0: all right okay i'm ready me too welcome to episode 10 of the nostalgia mixtape a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s 90s and 2000s as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist i'm your host ty gooden hello world it's your girl christina And today we're going to be talking about a few of our favorite childhood and teen year books. Um, But before we get into today's episode, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And you can also keep the conversation going with us using that same hashtag, Nostalgia Mix Pod. If you have any reactions to what we're saying, uh, anything cool out there that you see that you want to share with us or any additional thoughts you want to add to any podcast that we've done to up to date please subscribe to us on itunes and google play and rate our podcast and we can also be found on podbean and at our wordpress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com um, and before we get into today's nostalgia recap just a quick note i know in the last episode that we did about the wonderful janet jackson um you know i promised this sexy playlist and stuff like that i am actively working on it guys it is coming. Um I will definitely drop it on the on the Twitters once I get it all together. Um so I'm kind of sorry for the delay. It's been super don't crazy busy. Her. No. Seriously. I don't
1: believe her. It's the okay. it's the truth. I'm kidding. <laughs> Life has been crazy for the both of us. So we, we promise it will come. We yes. Promise. It'll come right on time.
0: But I mean, you're never really late when it comes to Janet. Like, it's always the right time. To drop with Janet Douglas, so uh, technically I'm not late because Janet is always is always on time for some Janet. So I'm working on that. But Christina, what you been up to? How are you doing today?
1: Ah, uh, happy October! Yes, finally it is October. Now, if it could start to feel like October by like cooling down just a tad, I would be ever so thankful. <laughs> but uh, I am very happy it's October. I'm very happy that you know. We're getting closer and closer to the end of this year because Mm -hmm. this podcast is awesome, but this year has been absolute and total craziness, and I'm ready for it to be over. So come on, 2019. Let's go. Let's come on around the corner. Um, But you know, I'm good. It's been a long day. It's probably going to be a very long week, but I'm trying to remain positive throughout all of it and keep my, you know, zen and not let anybody get me off my rocker. I bought some affirmation cards a couple weeks ago. Awesome. I've got more affirmation cards coming. They definitely are making a difference in like my overall vibe throughout the day. Um, So those have been great. Life is good. I don't really have, I could complain, but I am not going to, because I'm trying to, you know. Yeah.
0: I felt that. Keep it positive. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, same for me. It's been, been kind of busy the last couple of weeks, had a lot of things going on, um, Doing doing the mom thing and carting the kids around to all of their activities because they are uh just as busy if not more busy than I am. Um, a lot of stuff going on with the writing and everything too. Uh, Christine and I were just talking about it off mic, but you know even though I like to watch all the throwback things and and kind of keep up what's going on as far as the recap world, I've got a lot of current stuff going on right now. It is you know fall TV season. Uh, yeah. Doctor Who's coming back. And The Walking Dead is coming back and I'm going to be doing extensive coverage of both of those shows. Um, And they are on on the same night now. So I'm going to have some busy Sundays and Mondays and stuff ahead. And, um, you know, but same that you said, just trying to really stay positive and keep a positive mindset going into this last quarter of the year, really trying to make it count. Uh, there are some things I'm a little bit behind on some of my personal goals and, and my writing goals and stuff like that. But this gives me a solid 90 days to really be able to catch up and kind of get where I need to go. Um, and I have also been trying to be more mindful of the present. So right now, um, I'm doing this personal challenge called the 21 days of mindfulness. Um, and it's something that I kind of got inspired by listening to some podcasts and just thinking about life and just trying to focus more on the present moment, um, not worrying about things that I can't change that have already happened or kind of pre worrying about or focusing on the future, you know, just trying to enjoy the small moments that you're in now. So, you know, if you're hanging out with your friends or something like that, just zeroing in on that conversation and really being engaged when you're talking to people and everything. So that's kind of like my, my goal for the next few weeks is to really get myself into that mindset of being focused on one thing and just being positive. I feel like it's going to bring a little bit more peace and, you know, enjoy and balance and everything to my life. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: And, you know, kind of same vibe, just trying to plan some things out. Um, And I've never really been a planner person and like, you know, trying to plan ahead and do certain things, but I'm, kind of in the season of trying to expect more of myself and like planning and try to make sure you know I'm I'm realizing that planning helps manage my anxiety with certain situations where like the more I plan ahead and like actually execute my plan the less I have to worry about
0: where you're getting it out of your head and onto paper
1: exactly like getting it out of my head planning it making it happen that way like any of those scenarios where I say this is going to stress me out or you know anything that I feel anxious about I go ahead and just get it out of the way by like go ahead and mitigating all of the issues in advance. And that way I don't have to worry about it. Um, Like I'm doing a bunch of meal prep after the show, after we finish recording, because I know this week is about to be crazy Mm -hmm. and I'm not really going to have time to cook. So instead of going out to eat all the time and being stressed out because I'm spending so much money on going out to eat, let me just go ahead and nip that in the bud and, you know, get everything I need to pack lunch and dinner at work. Um, So that way I don't have to worry about it. And I save money and right. And that's a good time to
0: actually just focus on what you're doing. So while you're meal prepping, just focus on that one thing and just be in that moment. You know, while you're cooking your food, just focus on cooking the food instead of, you know, worrying about what's coming next or, you know, thinking about what's already happened or whatever. I love cooking like just for that reason, because it's it's something that I could just focus my mind on for that moment and just immerse myself in it and
1: enjoy it. Yeah. Like I love cooking, but I just don't I don't have the time to cook like I want to. Um, a lot of times now, jobs now. And uh, so trying to, again, meal prep so I don't have to worry about those things later in the week and I can just focus on working as opposed to focusing on all the other fluff. and things. Right. So, yeah. All
0: right. Yeah, gotcha. So... For my nostalgia recap today, I've only got a couple of things. We're going to try to breeze past this relatively quickly because we got a lot of different books and everything that we kind of want to cover for you guys. Um, but the first one I had was it has been 31 years since A Different World made its ooh, debut. Ooh. Love that show. And I think that was on like September the 29th or something. It's definitely one of my favorite shows Um especially once you got past like season one and they kind of got into the vibe and the groove of how they really wanted to portray uh, college life at a HBCU or whatever. Like I just, I love it so much. I have been going back and just kind of sporadically watching it on yeah. Amazon prime and everything. I mean, so many classic characters. And um, thanks to you guys too, on the Twitter page, I, I tweeted out a couple of uh, a couple of polls to try to see who people were like. And there are a lot of Denise's and Freddie's that follow us which I think is really interesting. Why do you say that? I don't know. I, you know, I was just, I was expecting something different. I, you know, I wasn't expecting like a bunch of Whitley's mm-hmm. or anything. Cause I just don't, <laughs> we're, we're kind of, you know, laid back, you know, flowy people or whatever.
1: So I guess it does make sense that they're Denise's yeah, and Freddie's, right? It makes sense. Honestly, I don't shoot the messenger. Never really watched a different world a lot growing up. Um, it's just not one of my shows. Um, but it's interesting mm-hmm. to see, you know, clips of it now and, You know, how much people love the show and, you know, how much people still resonate with, you know, um, the content and all the things that the show's brought up. I actually saw a dude at my theater that I work at with a Hillman. uh, Yeah, like Like a Hillman sweatshirt. sweatshirt. And he was like, do you know what it is? I was like, yes, I know. Yeah. Yes, I know what a different world is. Come on now. (laughs) Um, Like, don't play play my gangster like that. Um, But it's cool to see, like, that there's merch and people are wearing, like. Hillman sweatshirts and stuff. Like, I almost wish Hillman was a real school. Just so. Right. But, I mean, but it inspired it so many people,
0: like a whole generation of people, especially, you know, particularly Black youth to pursue higher education at a an HBCU. And I mean, they really started covering, like, really deep social issues. And we're talking about things that a lot of people really weren't talking about from that, you know, that young adult kind of perspective or whatever, like date rape and things like that. I mean, there were so many, such a wide variety of issues that were covered and you kind of had that bit of humor mixed in. And then a lot of the things that you just kind of expect from college life, you know, seeing a little bit of the soror and frat Mm -hmm. stuff mixed in there and, you know, the party atmosphere and everything, but also seeing the students excel and, and do well. And, be held to high expectations in the classroom too so i feel like it's a pretty realistic it was a pretty realistic depiction of college life but it also covered like a lot of those real good issues so shout out to a different world um like i said it's on amazon prime so if you guys haven't seen it in a while and you happen to have prime if you're like me and you order stuff off amazon all the time you probably have it check it out on amazon prime video they actually got a lot
1: of of good stuff they definitely do i'm currently i need to figure out where i was left off at because I was watching it on somebody else's Amazon Prime but there's this show called Bosch that's really really good on Amazon Prime it is actually good. just yeah. watched Harlem Nights a couple days ago which is another one of those movies that I had never seen I've seen the clip I've seen good the clip you. I think we mentioned that before <laughs> Della Reese beating the crap out of Eddie Murphy or Eddie Murphy beating the crap out of her however you want to call that fight
0: oh she definitely
1: she's <laughs> definitely a uh... She definitely right. got him in that But trade. that movie was really enjoyable. And it was funny because my sister was shocked that I actually liked it. Because we all know that like I wasn't a huge fan of coming to America. But Harlem Nights, Harlem Nights, I liked right. That movie was hilarious.
0: Harlem Nights is hilarious. I actually like Harlem Nights more than I like coming to America. Okay. People like to try to argue with me on that. But I'm like, when so I'm not we're nuts, about it. I movie do like it. it's really Nights good. More. No. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Okay. It's not just you. And I'm sure we're not alone. There's always there's always some outliers okay. out there with us. So my other thing I had was Will Smith turned fifty. <sighs> and uh we again a lot of fun on twitter you know had some people admitting that they they love some getting jiggy with it and some men in black and wow Wow west and all that stuff so thank you guys for being honest and coming out of your shell and saying that you <laughs> that you love these uh those those will smith bops because i know you listen to them i did too and you know Man. you love them but i loved when he oh my god when he bungee jumped into the grand canyon my heart was just like...
1: I watched that whole thing. <laughs> my heart was
0: like throbbing the whole time or whatever. I'm like, it's not even me. Because like, I've been to the Grand Canyon before. I went a couple years ago when um my husband mm-hmm. turned 30. We were in Vegas. And so we just like took the rental car and like drove out there. And we walked like mm-hmm. the Skybridge thing. And I mean, when you get on the Skybridge, like it's all cool and well when you're looking forward. But then I looked deep. down. That's what you messed And up. it's just deep, 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 deep. Like way too freaking deep <laughs> so i can't even imagine like being Ooh, how about i get a helicopter and just go in the middle of this vastly i mean because unless you've been to the grand canyon before guys i can't even explain like you, you can't even really put it into words it's just so big like I can't even explain it you just you can't put words for it or whatever it's just it's amazing i think anybody that gets a chance to go should definitely go but like i can't imagine somebody taking a helicopter and going in the middle of that and bungee jumping like down in there and that court was just going and will was just going further and further down and i'm like oh my gosh like please do not let please do not let him have a trevor moment because i can't like
1: that's all that live stream, like it is life-changing like just the production value. Like, they came in on an RV, and then they had, like, the clips of, like, right. yet the the guys from Yes Theory talking about, you know, how they do what they do and why they do what they do, and they had, like, a scientist come in and talk about, like, the science and what your brain goes through when you're scared of something and, like, all these, you know, different things. And right. Like, the, the montage of all the celebrities and stuff, wishing Will Smith a happy birthday and then, you know, following him while, you know... The doctor's checking him out, and he's getting hooked up and, like, just doing the whole thing. Like, he's living his best life, and it makes me want to go out and live my best life, but I'm not balling like those men. Um, right. I mean, but how
0: it's just so <laughs> dope. Like, who comes up with such a dope idea like that? And, like, all his kids were there. Jada was there. Um, his first wife, Cherie, was there or whatever. And it's just— Crazy, like Alfonso Ribeiro was there. It, like, which was it was absolutely just so are right? I'm like, which is so perfect. Like, I, I love it so much. We just we love Will, and it was fun to see everybody just kind of celebrating him and talking about all his movies and talking about the Fresh Prince and everything like that. Which Fresh Prince is definitely on the docket. Um, I've had a couple of people that have asked me if we're going to do a Fresh Prince episode, especially people that know me because they know I right. love like the Fresh Prince. And yes, it's it's coming. You know, and he died, came so. out.
1: Be on you the know, he came for that. out with a song with Mark Anthony last week, right? Like as a part of like his 50th birthday thing. He was like, you know, me and Mark Anthony have been friends forever, and we haven't done a song together. So him and Mark Anthony and Bad Bunny have a video, well, a song and a video together. And I'm going, oh my lord, I didn't <laughs> okay, know that. The song is actually pretty <laughs> dope. I kind of like it a lot. I also love Mark Anthony too. So like the two of them together, is just like heaven, right? But, like Will Smith is wearing like an all white suit with like a tiger print. Floor length jacket, and I'm just like, "What are you doing?"
0: <laughs> I mean, just again, just the fly dude out here. He really is like, just... I, I've got to be living my best life like that by the time I'm 50. Like, I got to get it. We got to get man. it together. What are we doing? What makes you like that whole family makes you just want to get it together or whatever? It's just like a family of incredibly dope people, and I just want them to adopt me. Like, I know I'm an adult and I have kids and stuff of my own, but that'd be could great. Just adopt me,
1: I just want. I was thinking about this when I fell down a Will Smith rabbit hole on YouTube. Um, I want the whole family to do a tour together because they all do music. Like Jada's got her, you know, metal band Wicked Wisdom, and you know, Jaden raps right. and Will raps, and they've actually performed together and they've got a song together. And like Willow sings, like they should all just do a family tour together because it would sell out everywhere. I'd be the first one to buy tickets.
0: I'd be in there like as soon as the tickets go on sale, I'm putting my credit card information in. I would be absolutely. I love down Willow's for that.
1: music. I love Will Smith's music. Jaden got a couple bops that I like mm-hmm. as well. I don't think I've actually listened yeah, to he does. Uh, any of Jada's. No, I have listened to some of Jada's stuff, and I like her stuff too. So, like, just just make yeah. the. I do. I like the some Smith the family stuff. tour yeah. happen. Let's go ahead and get that popping. Um, yeah, Will Smith, go ahead, make that happen. Like it could be your fiftieth fiftieth yeah, birthday tour, and you just go around performing with your family, and y'all can all do songs together. Make it happen. I got great ideas. All right.
0: Go ahead, Will. You do. We just, we're always popping off some good ideas here. We need to just take them and bottle them all up, figure out something to exactly. do with them. But yeah, that's it for me. So it was different world. Will Smith outside of that.
1: I'm good. I know a whole bunch of other things happen, but I'm just not going to talk about them today. Fair enough. Um, so I just have a couple of things. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I felt like an idiot for asking you if you talked about this last week, because everybody knows that I love Avatar The Last Airbender. Like if you know me, You know that I love Avatar The Last Airbender. It's like one of my favorite shows ever. Like, not just kid shows, but just period ever. Um, I watch it all the time. Like, I could literally go. I might start watching again today, actually. That's what I'm going to do. So we're going to start a Avatar The Last Airbender uh, binge watch session now. You'll see me tweeting about it. But um, Netflix just announced, like, a couple days after our last show, that they're going to be doing an Avatar The Last Airbender live series. Um which yeah, I'm very, I am very, very excited about because I mean, I don't want to talk about the movie that shall not be named, but I also want to talk about the movie that shall not be named and how terrible it was and how <laughs> we need to wipe it from the records. Um I have I don't know what you're talking about. Right. There is no war in ba say basically. Um <laughs> so I'm very excited to see it in a live action format. Um a lot of like if you've ever Looked at some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff on the show. Like, each um, nation or each, you know, group of benders have their own style. Um, And a lot of their styles are based on, like, different forms of martial arts. Um, So I would love to see how they incorporate that into the show. And, you know, live and seeing, you know, these teenagers or kids fight. Um, And, like, how they actually do whatever they're going to do to make the actual bending work, like the water bending, the earth bending, fire, and all that jazz. Uh, It's going to be fun to see how they make that work. Um, I would love to see some of, you know, the biggest, you know, storylines on that show happen. Like, Zuko's whole storyline is amazing. It's probably one of the greatest stories of any villain turned good guy ever. Um, There's some great Uncle Iroh episodes. Um, I really want The Rock to come and play the boulder because... If you actually watch the show, you pretty much know that The Boulder is based off of The Rock. You might as well just go ahead and sign him up because I know he'll do it. Um, You only need him for a few episodes. Uh, Make it happen. And I'm also just excited. You know, it's the original guys that wrote the original series that's involved with it. Um, I hope they, and I know they will stay true to the original show, but I'm also excited to see, like, new storylines that weren't necessarily in the original show but still feed into the overall arc of, right. you know, Aang being the last airbender. Um, and. Yeah, there's a lot of room for creativity there. It is, because, there, I mean.
0: While still kind of staying true to, like, the essence of, you know. Right, I mean, show.
1: and I was talking to a co of mine, and he's got a couple of people in his, like, circle that haven't seen the show and they're watching it. And, like, they skip some of the shows that, some of the episodes that, are kind of one-offs where, like, they don't necessarily feed into the plot. They're more character development more than anything else. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you can't skip those because, like I said, they're character development. They help you build out right. and round out these characters that are so awesome. Um, even though, again, they don't really have a whole lot to do with the main storyline. So I'm excited to see some of those. Um, I definitely want a lot of Uncle Iroh. Uncle Iroh is my favorite character. Um, and to see some of those, you know, one-off episodes and, you know, just... Aang and Sokka hijinks and uh, I'd love to see who they cast as like Azula and Mei and Ty Lee and just all those characters I'm very very excited about it and I just saw on Twitter today that uh, somebody is working on a Legend of Korra comic book series um, which if you don't know what Legend of Korra is Legend of Korra Korra is the avatar right after Aang after he passes um, so she's the next in line mm-hmm. and she's a waterbender. Um, And that series brought back a lot of the characters from the Avatar The Last Airbender series. Uh, So I'm excited because they didn't bring up Sokka and Korra. um, So I'd like to see where he disappeared to. Um, I'm just excited about the fact that, like, this Avatar The Last Airbender world is getting bigger. You know, there's the original comics um, that I believe they are still writing, some of the original Avatar The Last Airbender comics. Uh, So to have Korra on top of that and then the new series... I would really love somebody make it happen in avatar Kiyoshi series like that would make my life. So like I would feel so full um, if y'all did that. When did the core comics come out? Are they dropping this year? Uh, I or? think they're this year. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't dig too deep into it. Cause I literally okay. just saw one tweet about it and like flipped out. Um, So they're coming. Um, There's actually a artist that I met at a con named Marcus Williams and he imagined a whole nother set of like avatar characters um that he's got an entire Mm -hmm. picture line based off of um i'll link to some of his work as well um so i would just like i'm just very very excited for this world to get bigger because you know like i said it's one of the greatest tv shows ever if you've never seen it you need to watch it i understand it's animated and we're in our 30s and you know some of us think we're too grown for that but like it will change your life and you will love it like i cannot recommend it enough um
0: Oh no! If you're in your if you're in your 30s or you're past a quote unquote certain age and you think you're too old for cartoons or something like that, I'm not even sure if you're in the right
1: place. Like, come on, guys! So please go and watch it. So, so throwback podcast, of course. It's not we love on cartoons. any of the streaming services. It was on Netflix at one point, but I think you can watch all the episodes of Avatar now on Nickelodeon. But you have to watch them with ads, or go out and get the yeah. DVD box set. It's like thirty dollars. It'll be the best thirty dollars you've ever spent in your life. Just go and do it. I actually need to invest in the Blu-ray uh, copies because, you know, got to upgrade your life. Maybe down again. So yeah. um, that's all I got for that. Ooh. And just a little thing which kind of feeds into our topic today. It's the 30th anniversary of Matilda the Book. And... 30 years. Why are oh. we so old? Um, I don't know. Matilda... <laughs> first of all, the movie is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, Same. I follow... Y'all know I'm bad with names. I follow the young lady that played Matilda in the movie on Twitter. And um, I think there's like a Matilda challenge going on somewhere on the internet. I haven't dug too deep about that.
0: Yeah. I've seen something about Matilda floating around. And you say
1: you follow who on? The girl who, that played Matilda in the movie. And I can't remember what her name is. Oh, uh, Mara you. Wilson. Y'all know I'm terrible with names. It's just my thing. Um, she's awesome. And, you know, she's been talking a lot about it. A lot about it today um you know it may i love all the actors in that movie the book is great um and apparently there's a statue somewhere in the uk and it's matilda staring down a statue of donald trump and oh i just need to go over (laughs) there and see it like (laughs) i will link the article uh that i saw about that but like they apparently unveiled today and i just I cackled, like I really did cackle, because that's absolutely perfect. <laughs> what happened to the girl that played Lavender, the, the little black girl? She's still around, yeah. I don't think she's doing acting anymore. Well, so the anniversary of the movie was a couple of years ago. I don't remember when that movie came out, and they did like a um a reunion of all mm-hmm. the characters and stuff, like the like everybody that played in the movie, and they even had remember the fat kid in the movie that um ate the chocolate cake they made a yeah. chocolate cake and like took pictures of him with the chocolate cake. Um, <laughs> I don't think he ate the cake or maybe he ate some of it, but not all of it, but they definitely like took pictures of the kid with the cake. Um, and she was there. Like lavender was there and Mrs. Trunchbull. And of okay. course, um, yeah, I just that randomly popped in
0: my head because I, I felt like I've seen her make guest appearances in a couple of other mm-hmm. things. Cause like, I think she was on a couple of episodes of Moesha and like a couple of other things, but, I hadn't really seen her anything prominent like as an adult. Right. You um, know?
1: But she's still around. They all look great. Um, you know, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are out there still kicking and, you know, I think they're still together. Yeah. I want to say they were still together. Um, and it was funny. Okay, so the movie came out in 1996. So that reunion was two years ago um, of all the characters, which I'll find that on YouTube and put in the show notes as well. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, I think I remember hearing a story from Mara Wilson saying that I want to say when the movie came out, her mom had cancer and Raya Perlman and uh, Dana DeVito, like let her stay with them and like, you know, take care of her while her mom was going through that. um, And it was like one of the nicest things that that somebody had ever done for her, um, which is awesome. It's a great story. Uh, So to have somebody, you know, take care of you like that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, They didn't have to do that. And so it just shows how big of a heart they have. Um, But yeah, Matilda's 30. Like where, where's the time gone, Ty? Like what's, what are we doing with our lives? It's going by way too quick, man. I mean, and just
0: books like, like Matilda and the movies and stuff like that. And you go back and you watch them. You think about how much Mm -hmm. has changed and how young you were. And it's funny because like you go back and you'll read this stuff or watch this stuff and you get that same, feeling some of those same feelings and everything that kind of stir up in you. Like it like takes you right back to where you were in your life then in some ways. And then in other ways, you're kind of looking at it through adult yeah. eyes and seeing a lot of things that you didn't see before when you saw it as a kid. So it's crazy. 30 years. But yeah, so it does, it really leads us uh, kind of right into our topic or whatever. So we just wanted to kind of do a real general conversation about some of our favorite childhood books. Um, I think we both are, pretty avid yep. readers. Um, and spent a lot of time reading as, you know, reading as kids and up through teen years and stuff like that. Um, I don't read as much now as I would like to, because, you know, life busy and everything like that. Um, got a few books on my Kindle and a couple of things that I'm kind of like parsing my way through right now. Like I'm, um, uh, reading, uh, reading through like the Binti trilogy or whatever, the who? um, that, uh, the Binti trilogy that Nettie Accor for, um, his writing is really, really good. It's basically got, it's like a lot of uh, Afrofuturism and everything in there. So it's a pretty dope Is that series. the one that they're and, making the TV you know, series other- after? Or is that somebody else? Okay. No, that's her. Yeah. It's dope. Like, that's definitely worth reading or whatever. But we want to talk about this and kind of talk about some of the things that we read. Because a big part of, I think, childhood is like escapism. Yep. And kind of immersing yourself in another world. And there was no way better way to do that, you know, especially back then than with books. Um, You know, I know growing up and everything, our local library was so important and so key to my childhood because we were in a small town. So we didn't have, you know, any uh, Walden books or, you know, any of the major bookstores and everything that were around back then. I mean, a lot of the books that we got either came from you know, small mom and pop local bookstores that aren't there anymore. They came from that same local library that's still there to this day. Like I can just, even now just sitting like in my house, I can smell the library. Yeah. Because it always, I mean, you just always got hit with that same familiar smell of my local library or whatever. And the door would make this, you know, like this, like a clicking sound to kind of count the number of people going in and out and stuff like that. Like, I remember that so much because I spent so much time in the library. um And same thing with my school library, too. Like, I was always the one checking out books and I was always turning them in late. And I even kept an entry drew book. It's probably still upstairs somewhere. I'm so sorry to my elementary school. I probably owe you I
1: money. Cause I never turned So funny story. I actually never had a late book when I was the only school. Well, let me not say that. So I used to work in the library when I was in elementary school, like in our school library. I don't know how I got the job of working in the library, but I used to like be able to skip like one class every day. To, like, go work in the library and I would check people's books out and, like, return them and put them on the shelves and stuff like that. That was so much fun back in the day. But I never, ever, ever had a late book. Because I knew how to, like, even if I didn't have the book on my person, like, I figured out how to go into the system, find my name, renew the book, so that it would never, ever be late. Like, and I actually found out that, like, there's a certain, there's a threshold on how many times you can renew a book. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a, okay, you can't you can't I renew this book that. anymore. I was no, just was, late was all the time. It was ridiculous. Like it was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous how many times I renewed like a specific book so that I could just keep reading it and reading it and reading it. But there's actually a limit to how many times you can renew a book. And I don't think anybody else knew because nobody's keeping a book that long except for me because I'm a nerd. Um, right. But it was fun times working in my elementary school library. Fun times. Yeah, man. I mean, and I remember like back when they had like the cards. Mm-hmm.
0: That were in the book and you had to because we didn't have like a I mean, you know, again, coming from a small town and definitely in one of the more uh, disenfranchised counties in in North Carolina. I mean, we didn't, we didn't really have a system to keep up with it. That was your system mm-hmm. was a card. So you had to sign it and write your dates in there. And then the library will write the date that you were supposed to bring it back and they would stamp it and, you know, and do all of that stuff or whatever. So it's so funny now because I, you know, I think about my kids and like how they'll probably never know anything about like the Dewey Decimal System or anything. Yeah right that's foreign to them but i mean that was that, that was, was it what? that was what we you know that was what we did
1: yeah that was always fun trying to figure out you know how to find a book based on the dewey Decimal system uh, to be perfectly honest it still doesn't make sense to me but i just know find the number and i know numbers go in number order and that's about it <laughs> right <laughs> apparently <laughs> but you found your book right you found like apparently you there's for, a rhyme right? and reason to like the book numbers like there's a there's an order to them or something. Well, different. Yeah. I was going to say different sections um,
0: are different, are different like jumps right. or whatever. So, and I can't remember, of course, now it's been so long or whatever. I can't remember the different sections and stuff, but like the books that were in like the 100s to 200s, maybe, you know, biographies or, you know, autobiographies right. or something like that, or things that are based on like, you know, fact things. And then you may have another section of books that maybe are like your science type books. So like your 200 or 300 or whatever. Like I said, I don't remember the exact, the exact thing anymore but yeah i mean it basically it was grouped together like in groups of 100 by right,
1: purpose like, I, like I, it made sense but like the I, why the 100 to 200s were biographies like i don't like who made right and, then it's right. and like everywhere. i said i mean
0: I, I probably got that mixed up but yeah it was like that so you have like a section that was like books about the arts and you have a section that was like about like um like all your religious books and stuff like that would be like in a certain section or whatever. And I just remember it went from the triple zeros up through mm-hmm. like 900. Mm-hmm. So
1: <laughs> And they continue to add things yeah. to like the Dewey Decimal system. Which yeah. It's just amazing to me. Like I was reading, I was reading a book about habits um, recently that I just finished. And uh, one of the things that helped like what is considered like the current push in accepting LGBTQ people um, is that instead of, First, fighting the laws, what they did is they got them to take, you know, books on LGBTQ topics out of, like, mental disorders and put them in a different mm-hmm. space <laughs> in the Dewey Decimal System, and that helped them, you know, oh wow, change the game, so to speak, um, is that that's yeah. the first thing they did, as opposed to, like, just attacking the laws. They had them basically reclassify it from a mental disorder to, like, just a sexual orientation, um, which is kind of, you know, trippy <laughs> to... Hear about um, that, that's kind of the snowball that started the effect of, you know, now being in a country that, you know, accepts gay marriage, which is amazing. Uh, But it's hilarious that, like, that's one of the catalysts of it. Not the only one, but, like, one of the many little things that kind of got the ball rolling.
0: Yeah, that's wild. I didn't know that. Right. The more you know. From reading books. Yeah. Right. So, like, what were some of your favorite. If you think about like your ch- your childhood years or whatever, early childhood, let's say, what were some of your favorite books from back so around like that time?
1: One of my favorite, 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 favorite books. I don't know. I know I have a copy around this house somewhere. I have to find it. And they were just talking about it on the read. Is the Stinky Cheese Man and Other Fairly Stupid Tales? It is yes. the <laughs> most ridiculous book you will ever read in your life. Um, it's a book of other short stories, but like there's this one character name the stinky cheese man who just kind of appears everywhere so like there's a story about a princess and that's like a really gross version of the princess and the pea where like no matter how many like i don't even remember what was going on maybe it was was wasn't a pea or it was a rock or something yeah i
0: just remember them being gross and the stinky cheese man just not really belonging and he just kind of pops up out of nowhere just
1: being discussing, there was like uh, a Chicken Little on the back of the book that was like you know screaming about the sky falling, and I just remember the back of the book being like him <laughs> going on and on and on about the sky falling, and all of a sudden the print on the back gets very 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 tiny and like progressively smaller, and so we would sit there and compete to see who could continue to read the small print on the back of the book. Right? <laughs> like, I forgot about what is artwork. happening. Or maybe he was trying to tell a story, and he was telling the story in a circle. Like, he would get to one point, point, it would basically, like, start at the beginning again and again and again and again. Um, That movie, that book was wild. We used to read it. Like, I want to say I had a teacher that would read it in class. And then, of course, when the Scholastic Book Fair rolled its head around, uh, everybody had copies of it. Like, everybody had a copy of it. The book fair is still a big deal, and I love that so much. Is it really? Like...
0: Yes. Oh, my God. The kids are like they um. as a matter of fact, the book fair is coming up at my oldest daughter's school in a couple of weeks or whatever. And like every year, I mean, kids are like just swarming in. there, yeah. crazy about it. Like but one of the tenants at the school that she goes to, she's at a um, mm-hmm. at a gifted school. And so one of the things that they really focus on is like reading is a thing. So they expect them to read 20 minutes mm-hmm. every night. Um, they're always really excited about books. Every teacher's classroom that you goes and that you go into has a bookshelf no matter mm-hmm. what they teach. No matter what subjects they cover, or whatever, they're just a bunch of books. And they always like her, even her homeroom teacher has like a canopy bed. Um, she's got beanbag chairs. She's got like these swivel chairs. She's got yoga mats. She's got like mats you can lay on the floor. And she always gives them time to take breaks and make time for reading. So, I mean, it's just a school that's really, really focused on, Building their learning skills and their vocabulary, um, and their skills about how to interact with each other and about and about life and lessons and stuff like that through books. So it's so dope to me that the Scholastic Book Fair, because I remember like Book Fair was like a big
1: they deal. They then send you like a little paper the like super thin, like newspaper print, like catalog of books. They still do. You, like mark which ones yep. you want, and like you can calculate how much everything is going to be, so you can go ahead and plan and just pick up the books. Um. Uh, Yep, they still do that and my and Genesis
0: circles the books that she wants in that catalogue. That's
1: crazy that they haven't changed a whole lot, man. I wonder if like there's a Mm-mm. place where you can just like go online and check out what books that they have and then by- you can they've got a um they've got an online site now whatever you can actually go
0: on and order and stuff but the kids like to go in the oh store yeah i mean that's
1: the best part about it but like yeah
0: and i i was gonna say and i love that they love to do that i mean especially with them being so into like technology and everything like that like to see them just in the bookstore and you could just watch them in they're just kind of flipping through some books and perusing through some things or whatever and trying to figure out what they want it is so awesome we always walk out with like five or six books i always every wanted year.
1: all of the books like
0: all of the books I did. And my mom would be like, girl, like, you know we got the no money for all of that. So I would have to like narrow it down to like two or three of like the ones that I just had to have. And it was such like an agonizing decision because I'm like, how when I have like ten things how am I supposed and to I pick? want all ten things. Right. I mean, that was like the biggest stress in life was like trying to figure out what books I wanted to pick out. And it was a you know, the same way with me too, trying to figure out what I wanted to get from the library. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love like uh the Beverly Cleary Cleary books or whatever with, like, Ramona Mm -hmm. in there. Um, And I like the Junie B. Jones books. And um, especially when I was younger, too, like, Dr. Seuss. And even now, Oh, The Places You Go is, like, one of my favorite books.
1: Dr. Seuss was dope. I really love the Nancy Drew books. So sweet. Um, There was some Encyclopedia Jones. Oh, I love Nancy Drew and the Boxcar Boys. Those are the other ones I was thinking about. I was like, there's a B. Boys, something that I can't remember. Yes. The Boxcar Boys. The Boxcar
0: Boys. Yeah, that and Nancy Drew just went, like, hand in hand together I was deep into Nancy Drew and they had all of them at my library and they were like falling <laughs> apart um you used to have, like people were having to like stuff pages back in there because like you just opening the spine was like coming out of that joint or whatever because everybody was crazy about Nancy Drew books which was funny because this is like in the 90s you know like the early mid 90s you know and stuff like that and those books came out and went like the 60s would yeah I mean because you could tell by you know the hair and you know kind of the way they were dressed and everything like that so I did love those books so much and uh when Harry Potter hit like oh See, my gosh I... it was a huge deal oh no like everybody loved Harry everybody Potter, was freaking except for me at the time it. like yeah. I remember
1: I remember my freshman year before 9-11 happened um the Deathly Hallows no not the Deathly Hallows what's the one before Deathly Hallows the Half Blood Prince is that six? Hello. uh I think it's half. Which the, one are you talking the about? The sixth Harry Potter book. What's the sixth one? Oh, is that Half Blood Prince? Hold on a second. Hey Kim. I'm not sure. Well, my sister, my resident pothead, is not answering my calls. Um. Anyways, no, it is Half Blood Prince. You. It okay. is Half Blood so- Prince. Yeah, I couldn't think.
0: I was like, oh, the names were, like, starting to get all mixed up in my head for a second. We're sorry, guys. One, I remember. (laughs) Christina is throwing out, like, specific name things at me, and I'm like,
1: (laughs) Okay, just as a disclaimer for this episode, me and Ty have already gone over the fact that both of us are kind of brain fried right now. So if we forget names of things, we're just going to have to charge the game. Because right now, like...
0: Yeah. Cause I couldn't remember them like in order at all. I was like half blood princess somewhere near the end. That's I all I know. <laughs> like, cause I remember it came out like right. in high school. So spoiler so-
1: alert. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine. um, and it was funny because I went to like a predominantly all black high school, and there was this one white girl who was like super goth at the time, and she just stuck out like a sore thumb because she was super pale and super goth, and she went to school with all these black kids. It was funny, but she was a yeah. huge fan of the Harry Potter books. I was never really a fan at the time. I got into them later, which I love them now, but I got into them literally like three years ago. Um, but she was talking wow. about yeah, I didn't know that. she was talking about the Half Blood Prince because that was the book that had just come out, and. I think she had finished reading it really fast, and I just remember, a con- I don't remember anything else we talked about while we were in high school together, because we were really good friends, but I re- specifically remember the conversation where we were talking about the Half-Blood Prince, and she was like, yeah, so everyone's pissed off about the Half-Blood Prince, because at the end of the book, Dumbledore dies, and I'm just like, well, thanks. <laughs> no,
0: you're like, why'd you score I mean, me? I didn't care at the time, because
1: I had no intention on reading the books at the moment, but it was just right. like, maybe other people wanted to read the book. I mean, but it was just the assumption
0: that it was the assumption that you had already read it before. Because like I said, I mean, at at my school, I really can't think of a whole lot of people that I knew anyway, no matter where. And I mean, it was a pretty mixed group of, you know, mixed group of people there. But I mean, no matter what people were into or not into or whatever, like everybody knew about it. Everybody had read it. Yeah. Everybody knew about it. and knew what was going on with it. And it was, you know, such a big deal when it came out. I saw most of the movies before. Because I remember like the very first ones came out. We were like right at that age where it would have had the biggest impact on us cuz we were around like 10,
1: you know. And I love the series now that I've read them. Um and Deathly Hallows is my favorite one, especially like the last 100 or so pages for the Battle of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Still disappointed yeah. in the movie interpretation of the Battle of Hogwarts, but that's neither here nor there. Um I love the fact that like the first book is like a super quick read and then like by the end of it it's super deep and complex because it I'm glad J.K. Rowling had the foresight to make the books grow with her readers. That's not right. something that everybody does or thinks about. Because um, I read a lot, I've got a few like young adult books. Yeah, series. I mean, because you think about it, it's a ten-year right. span. Got, so, like I said, with us when it came out around '97,
0: we're ten. By the time that last book came out, you're twenty, and you could see the growth. You know, then, And like you said, it definitely grew with us as we as we grew. I mean, it was such a even if you didn't read them or you weren't into it like that, it was such a part of our childhood experience,
1: Um, you know, not a lot of authors do that or think about doing something like that. Um, And I've read, I definitely love young adult novels because sometimes you don't need something super deep. Sometimes you just need light and fluffy. Um, And not a lot of young adult writers do that where they make their book grow with their reader. They just kind of write at the same level the entire time throughout the series. But Harry Potter, like you can even just look at the books and tell like the first one's kind of small, and then like I about the fourth book, they start getting much bigger and longer. Um,
0: yeah, I bought a set last year for for Genesis for a birthday. and you can see it like it's like the nicest the paperback set, but it all fits into this mm-hmm. nice little um cardboard box together, and you can literally see how they just kind of expand yeah. out <laughs> as you get closer to the as you get closer to the end. And it's been kind of cool watching her read them and go through them, but you know, I think we're I think we're both into the series for very different reasons. So like when I was into it as a kid, it was like, you know, really this like beacon of hope and, you know, and magic and everything like that. While I was kind of going through a tough time, sometimes feeling like you, you know, like you were a part of the crowd, but you really weren't a part of the crowd and everything like that. And so, you know, kind of feeling like a bit like a Harry Potter Mm -hmm. is yourself. Whereas now I think when kids read them, it's more, for them it's probably even more escapism because kids are in so much more of a bubble. Than we were. I mean, so they're just like imagining, like, if I could have that freedom and be somewhere like Hogwarts, because it's like mad dangerous there. Yeah. (laughs) There are staircases shifting around and they own brooms. They ain't no seatbelts. They just flying around in the air doing crazy stuff or whatever. Like, it is a kid's dream to go there.
1: I cannot survive at Hogwarts longer than a couple months because them stairs that just move around while you're trying to walk on them when no first of all i'm scared of heights second of all i'm klutz so the next thing you know is i'm gonna go tumbling down the end of staircase and it's gonna be a wrap for me there's no way i could survive at hogwarts it's not it's not it's it's gonna be the end of your of your pretty much (laughs) and i'm gonna be so flustered that i'm not gonna (laughs) know any type of spell to make me levitate so i don't like hit the ground without dying first (laughs) like just not not really something i'm gonna be able to do
0: I've been wanting to do one of those like, uh, LARP weekends. Really? Yeah. That seems like so much fun to me. I, I actually talked to, um, I did like an extensive article and like email, uh, not email, but, um, kind of email back and forth and did an interview with this lady or whatever about one that she had built. And it was up in Richmond at one point in time, but I feel like they've moved somewhere else. Um, but yeah, you basically like get the whole weekend to just like get into character and just straight up be like a wizard or a witch. Like it's super hmm. dope. And I would do that.
1: Larping sounds like fun.
0: I mean, I know you can't. I also say, I mean, I know you literally can't like levitate or anything. You can but pretend. It's always, It's always it fun is. to pretend. But yeah, I mean, Harry Harry Potter was like super was super big on my list. Um, and I've said this before, kind of like my guilty pleasure read back then, but not really was like the Goosebumps stuff.
1: I was more a fan of so,
0: the TV show. Actually, neither. Yeah. I like the TV show, too. But I did write, but I did really like the books or whatever. Um, And so I had a whole bunch of them. And my mom was all about buying those because you used to be able to get them from, like, the dollar store. So wasn't a whole lot of money they had to go into them. And anything that was cheap, she was like, if you want to read something cheap that don't cost me a whole lot of money, go for it. Mm. So, like, there were a couple of them that I liked. There was, like, one where, like, it was this camera where you basically, like, it took a picture of you and, like, you like you died. Like, and people were trying to figure out, like, how all these people were dying. And it was, like, this evil camera. It was so stupid. Um, but that was Say Cheese and Die. And then there was another one where, like, people were, like, getting lost in, like, this mirror reflection. And there was, like, this whole, like, reflective world, like, inside of this mirror or whatever. And I just, <laughs> I don't know why, but, I mean, it was just, Saturday. it would just be perfect, like, Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. entertainment so like i do my cartoons thing or whatever and stuff like that and then like in the afternoon i could just sit around and like just read those books and even then like i knew they were a total joke and i was laughing at them stuff like that but they were just so many of them were just like so outlandish that it was just entertaining mm-hmm. and funny like it wasn't even really scary to me because it was just so outlandish like this did is you never watch these are the dumbest people i've ever read about did you watch the life.
1: movie the first one the first i did just think about it Okay. so i recently went to sleep watch a house with a clock in its walls i did not intend to sleep through it but i was very very tired and it was between shifts long story anyway that was one of the trailers for a house with a clock on its walls for the second goosebumps movie and like that looks like one of those movies where i have to go on a day when it's late and like be slightly intoxicated to watch it because i just feel like it's going to be exactly. really ridiculous like there were gummy bears that were attacking like they got bigger because they merged like other gummy bears to make bigger gummy bears and start tossing these kids around the living room and i'm just like what is happening maybe that's it also I why is jack like drunk. playing rl stein i might have enjoyed it more if i had been tra- <laughs> just so many things were happening in that trailer and i was very confused but yeah it's it's obviously not marketed yeah. towards But me. i don't know i mean i know the new movie is coming out like
0: this month or whatever but mm. I don't know. I enjoy the books. I like the books as a kid, but I don't think I would necessarily be like be on board to like go see the movie this month. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like there are other things that I'd rather be watching at this time. And even like if it, if I'm looking for something like ridiculous, I feel like there are like better ridiculous things for me to watch now. That's oh, so true. Goosebumps is definitely one of the things that I've definitely outgrown. Like the Harry Potter series, I can see myself going back through and like reading those books again. I have read them multiple times, actually.
1: Maybe maybe twice. Yeah,
0: it's been a while since I've read them. It's been a few years since I've read them, and I've been thinking about doing it because, I mean, I've got all the books here. But yeah, like, Goosebumps is something that was totally just, like, a kid thing. Um, Like, it was that, uh, like I said, the Beverly Cleary books, like, all that stuff is kind of stuff that was just, like, strictly kid things. Like, I would not see myself going back and reading it again. And, you know, there was also this small book that I read, and I read it, like, a whole bunch of times. I don't even know why. Um, But it was called My Crazy Cousin Courtney. And there was this girl, so it's about this girl that lives in New York, and her cousin from like California comes to visit her. I can't relate to anybody in this book because again, I'm from a small town, so I know I know nothing about what it's like to live a glamorous life in LA or to live the hard not life in you know in New York, but just the dynamic of them going back and forth. So her cousin shows up, and she's got all this, you know bright day glow you know spandex wear and stuff like that and she's you know she sees a roach in new york and like freaks out and everything like that and doesn't want to eat the cereal it's just so many like funny ridiculous things that happen between them they end up spending like the whole summer together
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and actually becoming really close and i love that book and i really don't know why but i read it like over and over and over and over and over again Some books just be like that, yo. Yeah, so it was. I do. I like that book or whatever, and I don't know what happened to it. Like, I mean, it was. I read that book so much that I feel like almost every page in there, like, passed. I guess like page maybe 30 or something like that it was like dog ear from where i kept stopping over and over again and i was always a bookmark loser um so oh wow yeah i just i, I can't keep up with bookmarks so i am definitely the person that i know some people think that people that dog ear books are savages so if if so i'm just a certified savage because i definitely Look, dog ear all of my books if i bought it then i can do whatever i want with it at this point i didn't even You're buy saying. them i was just doing whatever i wanted to with them my mom hated oh, well, that She hated when I folded the pages of books, and I don't know why. Well,
1: if they're not yours, we're going to have to work on you. (laughs) One of my favorite, like, complete and total, like, what was I doing reading this book? Or, like, I remember it only mildly. I read this series called Trash. I don't know where I picked them up at. I don't remember who wrote them. What was it? All I remember- uh, it was about this group of kids. It was kind of like the real world in a book, where like it was a group of kids that were living together. Mm-hmm. It was like three guys and three girls. Um, I want to say they were like post college age or something like that, and they worked at like a TV station, or like maybe a public access station, and they had a show called Trash or something like that, mm. and just random hijinks. Apparently, there was like five or six of them. Five or six of the books. Uh, And I devoured them and just would continue to read them over and over and over and over and over and over again. And like, I'm pretty sure I broke the spines off of quite a few of them. Uh, And like something dramatic happened in like the fifth book. And then the writer decided to merge those books. If I'm not mistaken, I actually wrote an email to the author of the books (laughs) (laughs) and was like, hey, so about the end of the series. Did you get a response? I did. She apparently merged that book, like the characters from that book, into another series of her. And then I was like, I'm not doing that. Oh my God. That's so weird. I've never heard of those. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't even remember like where I picked those. It must have been just a random book that I picked up. I'm always picking up random books. If the cover looks good, nonsense out of 10, I'm going to read it. Like right yeah because I remember I don't know
0: I would would pick up books from like the the craziest places again like it would be like random like books in like a dollar store or something like that or I would go to like some old bookstore and you just run across I think that's where I found my crazy cousin Courtney like it was really bright Mm -hmm. it had all these funky colors and you've got this one girl that just looks absolutely disgusted and the other girl that's Mm -hmm. just up there like oblivious and fly or whatever and I was like okay I can read that book I don't know what's going on in there but I need to figure out what's going on with these kids or whatever right and so I think that's like, where I found that book at.
1: I do the same thing. Like, even now, like, I still, if I, I was at the Dollar Tree today, did I walk down the book aisle? You damn skippy, I did. <laughs> like, why not? Some stuff is kind of intriguing in there. Like, you can't sleep on the on the dollar stores. And then every now and again, you'll find a book that's like a, like a New York Times bestseller book that's been out for like a couple years, just yeah. like hanging out in the Dollar Tree. So, you know, if I can only pay a dollar for it, then why would I not? Spend a dollar on it. Like, I'll do that. Especially if it's an author that I'm like not the hugest of fans of, I'll do that. If it's an author I really love, I'll go get it day it drops. But right, for the most part, I'm, I don't have no problems going to a used bookstore or, um, like buying a book at the Dollar Tree. Like, you'll find some gems in there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Did you read any comics? This I did not actually grow up reading comics. I didn't mm-hmm. get into comics until two years ago maybe yeah mind you i've been a marvel fanboy fangirl since iron man one actually no before that since like blade Mm -hmm. so i liked the comic book movies i just didn't get just didn't get into the comics yeah yeah i was i was definitely um definitely a comic
0: person i just didn't read as much of them as i could because you know again it was always for me it was about trying to keep up with the series and stuff like that it was just like cost thing you know yeah but again that's where i kind of cost thing right you know that's where i kind of circle back around to like my local library back then like they had actually a lot of um you would go way back in the back and it would be like where you get like the vhs's and stuff they had like Mm -hmm. just a whole selection of like old comics back there and so you know i would pick up some things when i could whatever i could afford there was a um there's a city probably about 30 minutes away from where i actually live at and that was like the only place or the closest place that i knew of that had a comic shop and mm-hmm. so the, you know, the rare moments we would go there and go to their mall there, cause it was bigger. It had more stuff there. I would always go in there and just like pick up a few trays of things here and there. Um, but it was always kind of hard for me to keep up with the series, you know, because it's just, it was that cost thing, but the mm-hmm. local library actually had some pretty decent sets of like, uh, and sometimes they would get some things that were kind of like right along with the times. Like I remember reading, mm-hmm. um, a lot of wonder woman stuff. So there was like this, uh, it's like volume two back from like the early nineties. And, um, that's probably like one of my favorite Wonder Woman runs and probably one of the few runs that I got to read pretty much most of it all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of really strong issues in there. It's probably one of my favorite versions of Wonder Woman. Um, and I've always loved Wonder Woman. My mom used to watch the show and I remember, you know, watching the original TV show with my mom on TV. Cause we like that. We like the Batman series, you know, and all that stuff. Like we would watch that stuff together. And uh, there was one issue in there where Lois Lane like spends the day with Wonder Woman and sees what it really means to be her. So uh-huh. that one was dope. Um, I definitely did a lot of X-Men comics because I was just obsessed with Storm. Like, yeah. wanted to be well, her. So anything I could find, Thor. like, it didn't matter if it was just a single issue like in the middle. And I don't even know what was going on before or what happened after. Like, if I just saw something that she was in, I was trying to pick it up and see it. Um mm-hmm. Every now and then I would pick up some Luke Cage stuff if I could find it. But it was kind of like piecing stuff, bit to, bits and pieces together. Um, right. But even then being young, And being a girl and when I would go to the stores and stuff like that, I didn't feel welcome and I didn't have the self-confidence and stuff like that to walk in and just go for what I know and be okay with being there like I am now. Like I go now and I take my girls now and stuff like that. We got like a great comic shop that's right around the corner. And so we're definitely more into it. But yeah, I mean that, you know, comics were definitely a part of my my reading and my book experience and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of people didn't even really know that I liked them and I wanted so much more of them. And I was always kind of low-key jealous of the kids that were able to read, you know, read so much more of them because I just, I love the colors and, you know, the panels and then the word bubbles. And sometimes it's a, you know, it's a square, if yeah. it's like this. And if it's, you know, this kind of thought, it may be, in a you know, a smooth circle or if there's like a frantic thought, you know, I mean, I just love the way that things were positioned on the page, you know? Yeah. Because I'm such a visual person.
1: The making of comics is always just fun to me because, like, you know, now internet's a thing, Twitter's a thing. Like, I follow a lot of people who do comics or are involved in the making of comics in various ways, and it's just so much fun to see how much work goes into them. Yeah. Like, you know, people like to hem and haw about the fact that comics are expensive and it's kind of cost prohibitive and such, which I totally get because, you know, having to go and buy, like, a comic book that's four bucks and it's like 20 pages or 40 pages and then... You got to go back and spend another four bucks. Right. You just wait Yeah, especially if they're buy.
0: issuing, you know, pretty often or whatever. Some people like to have the issues. I like the covers, so.
1: Uh, I, it depends on the series for me on how yeah. I buy them. But, like, I also respect so much the, like, amount of work that goes into, you know, the art and the penciling and the coloring and mm-hmm. the, you know, putting together a plot and, like, the layout and, like, you know, making everything fit on a page and just, like, there's so much fun comics are so much fun i wish that i got into them earlier but you know yeah i mean but it's never too late
0: for comics like i tell people that all the time or whatever i mean because people sometimes they'll get you know high and mighty well i you know i collected this many and i have this and this and i read that and it's like no you know if no matter when you get into them no matter if you read them sparingly like i did or if you were a diehard comic fan like my husband was um or if you got into them in your 20s like you did like i mean It's it's never too late. and It is something that I feel like, you know, spans all age groups and stuff like that. But that was when I kind of like fostered my original love for him. And then I kind Mm -hmm. of fell out of it a bit in my teenage years and stuff because I got more into like I kind of switched it up or whatever. I feel like a lot of the books I read as a kid, like your Nancy Drews and stuff like that. So many of them had like white protagonists. Um, And I feel like once I kind of got into my teen years, I definitely wanted to see more of myself in books yeah and so like one of my first books that i really got into that was a book that had adult themes but also had a teen protagonist was the coldest winner ever who didn't read that book everybody read that book and i mean for me I it was like around here somewhere right it was like whoa when i read that book like i was like yo winter is super wild like i had never seen a teen girl be like sexually aggressive and confident and just have all of these different layers like it was some parts of me that really admired her and wanted to be her because she was you know so ingenious and smart and had so much gumption and stuff like that but then she was Mm -hmm. also like super she was like super you know selfish and self-absorbed and everything so she had those bad traits but it was interesting to see a character with those multiple layers like that or whatever because it kind of Mm -hmm. you know I'm like that's that's how we are as humans and I think sometimes especially with teenage girls sometimes people could kind of depict them as one note right um but I felt like it just gave her so many different layers or whatever like that book was that book was definitely a game changer for me. Because I had never read anything like
1: that. That, like, everybody has read. And the reason why everybody has read it is because it just gets passed around. Like, I remember, like, if you didn't have a copy of it. You knew somebody, you knew somebody with somebody a copy. somebody that had a copy of it. Right. So what they do is they read it. And once they're done with it, they give it to you. Like, like I remember that. Like, everybody. Like, I want to say that was, like, a big deal. That book was a big deal in middle school everybody read that book. Like everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And like you can't discuss it until you've actually read it. So it like copies of it would just get passed around.
0: Yep, my sister had a copy and a I read her copy.
1: I don't even remember where I got my copy from. Like I feel like like my stepmother might have had a copy and I got it from her or like somebody associated with my dad got me a copy of that book and I read it. I'm fairly certain if my dad would have known that I was reading that book, he would have been like absolutely not but yeah, i read that a lot book of stuff was i wasn't Taylor. supposed to
0: read um i was definitely sneaking and reading my mom's like zane books um uh-huh. if you listen to this mom sorry but i mean it's nothing you could do about it now because i'm an adult so and it already happened Kay. you can't punish me for something to happen but yeah <laughs> again you know talking about reading something and like eye opening like whoa you know i mean because that was like right around the time that i was kind of like you know, you kind of start to like get some curiosity about sex, but you don't really want to ask anybody any questions. And it's like, you know, maybe this is not what I should be reading to like get like right. solid, rational information about how this is how this whole thing is supposed to work. Yeah, well, but it was entertaining. Like, I definitely used to be like. I would be in my room at night and like uh, I shut my door and I have like my little like my little night light on or whatever. so I like take and I like turn on my little lamp and stuff and be peeking from out in the covers. and my lamp was like real close to my bed, so that way if I heard my mom cause my mom was on the opposite end of the house and you could like hear her footsteps coming out the hall. <laughs> and then I like hit the I, like hit the light real quick and like throw the covers over my head <laughs> cause I sleep with covers and p- and pillows and stuff over my head anyway. gosh, weird out. Yeah, I did that way too many way too many nights, definitely reading those same books when I wasn't supposed to be reading them.
1: I've read pretty much every single one of the books that she's ever come out with. Even, like, the later books when she came out with, like, this is gonna sound awful. Like, on paper it sounds awful, but she did, like, a series called Chocolate Flavor and a series called I can't remember what the Latino one was, but she also did one called Honey, Mm -hmm. and it's basically, like, stories about Asian characters or written by Asian writers and, like, That was the honey series and then the chocolate series was like black protagonists and black writers and stuff like that and then there was a latino like series which i'm like right might be slightly racist (laughs) well i mean it's just crazy when you (laughs) and when you go back and like look at some of the titles of these books i'm just like just like what is happening (laughs) along the same lines of books we shouldn't have been reading we were growing up did you read fly girl yes Another buckwild teenager right. doing the absolute doing most, the most. Doing the most. I was
0: like, I don't know nobody doing stuff like that. Like, is this how people are getting down? Because
1: Definitely they made me seem had... wholesome
0: and I was not right. wholesome, you know, <laughs> by any stretch of Definitely the imagination.
1: should have had adult supervision. Now, I didn't connect, like, I liked the coldest winter ever, but, like, I loved Fly Girl. And, like, I want to say I got into Fly Girl a few years before Oh My Carvey wrote a sequel. Mm-hmm. Because he did write a sequel to the book. And there's actually a sequel to The Coldest Winter Ever, too. Yeah, there is. Didn't read that. Never read it. Um, but I've read the sequel to Fly Girl. And like, Omar Tari is from Charlotte. I don't know if you knew that. But yeah. like, he he's from Charlotte. And he doesn't know how to use Twitter properly. Because he hashtags every single word in his tweets, it feels like. <laughs> um, oh, bless him. Right. Aww. He's like one of them old people using Twitter. I know. That's so cute. That's
0: so cute. <laughs>
1: But um, he did the sequel and then he's done like quite a few other books outside of Flaw Girl that, you know, people don't pay attention to. But he used to come up to Greensboro every year, year and a half to do a book signing because, you know, it's just a stone's throw away from Charlotte. Um, and so, again, my dad, I think I got into the books because of him or somebody associated with him um, would take me to his book signings downtown at the Greensboro Public Library. Mm-hmm. And I would go and we either bought the books beforehand or you could buy them at the book signing. But like I've got five or six books by him that are all signed like with my name in them because I've met him so many times like I'm surprised he didn't remember my name after a while because I was literally at every signing Um uh, Fly Girl was a great book but my favorite book by him was Leslie it came out in 2001 mm-hmm. and it's about this girl she was in college and she was living in a house with all of these roommates um they were going to an HBCU and like Leslie the lead character ended up finding out like somebody did something to her that pissed her off and then all of a sudden that person died oh wow and you find out later that like she ends up i'm spoiling the entire book i don't really care read it or not <clears throat> but she ends up being like a voodoo priestess and like finds out she's got powers and starts to learn that like she can use her powers to off people and like by the end of the book she's murdered a whole bunch of people that is wow and also something right. that I definitely want to read because like the only
0: thing I've ever read by him was was Fly Girl which totally yeah. I was so excited like a few years ago they were talking about it um I think like Sana Lathan was supposed to like star in it or whatever or something right and it just never came out and I was like that is a book that could totally be a movie right that I would be into. That and winter whenever. Like, I, I remember, like, I think it was well, Jada yeah. or somebody that was supposed to do something with that. And they talked about it for years and years. And just nothing ever ever came of it. And now I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to think about actresses that would kind of fit into those roles well.
1: Like, to be honest, I wanted to be, like, a teenage character. Like, a... I don't mean to. I know some people hate to put, like, these particular people in roles all the time because they get all the roles. Right. But I would love to see, like, a Zendaya play, like, the lead character. I could see Black her in Fly Girl. Girl. Or somebody like yeah. that. Yeah. She could totally do that and kill it because she's kind of spicy and awesome. I love Zendaya. Yeah. Um. So I think she would kill that role. Somebody's got to do it, though. we got to make it happen. I would love to see that as a movie. I would love to see Coldest Winter Ever as a movie. I would love to see Leslie as a movie because I want to say they were talking about doing Leslie, too. Um, at some point, um, which yeah. would be a I can see coldest like, winter ever with y'all from Gronish and Blackish. I was gonna say her too. Yeah, I can see her being Winter
0: Santiago. Mm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, she's one of those people that kind of seems to get, you know, get a lot or whatever. But I just, I can see that.
1: That I would be mean, interesting. Like I'm not even gonna lie.
0: Hmm. Not even gonna lie. That would be dope. Oh man. Now I'm thinking about things that I'm not supposed to be thinking about We're getting off subject.
1: <laughs> right. Now I want to go back and find Leslie. Let me see if it's in the ebook library because now I want to read it again. That book was so good. Like, when I latch onto an author, I latch onto them. And, like, I'm a big fan of Laurel K. Hamilton, who's got this Anita Blake series that I love. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's lit. Li- with omar Tari's books too with uh rick riordan who wrote the percy jackson series which is another series the rick riordan percy jackson series is my version of harry potter like oh yeah you know how people are a stan of harry potter like i'm a stan of percy jackson um but like once i latch onto an author like i get their books the day they come out and i cannot put them down Like i literally have to it's at the point now where i literally have to take the day off because the only thing that i'm going to want to do all day is just sit and book. read that book and nothing else is going to matter until i'm at the last page <laughs> like
0: yeah. Yeah, that's how I mean, like I said, I used to kind of I used to kind of be like that. And I kind of hate that I've gotten away from that because that was definitely me like as a teen. So like like I said, I did like coldest winter ever and stuff like that. But um, I really, really love the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the Confessions of Nat Turner. Um, Both of those books that, you know, kind of got introduced through the curriculum at school and autobiography of Malcolm X. I have a copy of it around here somewhere. And it's probably one of my favorite books. I've read it so many times and I think I get something different from his life and from Mm -hmm. his perspectives and stuff. Every time that I read it. Um, and it's very few books few books that I can really say that, that like every time I read it, I get something or I get something new out of it, no matter how many times I've read it. But I always get something new out of there. Um, you know, whether it's his, you know, his journey kind of as a young man going through all of the mess that he went through or his time in prison or, you know, after he kind of broke away from the nation of Islam and kind of really discovered the true meaning of, you know, for him, the true meaning of what it meant to be a, a Muslim man. So mm-hmm. that book is like super dope. Um, and I also got into I love Octavia Butler. Um To me, she's like, as far as like black women who are doing, who are sci-fi novelists, like she sets the standard for me. Um, And so Kindred is one of my favorite, absolute, absolute, absolute favorite books. Uh, It came out in the late seventies, but it, you know, it really made a huge impact on me reading it in high school as a, you know, as a writer and a sci-fi lover, because you combine those slave narratives with time travel. Um, it just really blows my mind. And I'm so sad because I can't find a copy of it. And I'm just like, ugh, like where is my copy at? I love that book so much, or whatever. But you've got some, you know, like I said, the slave narratives and time travel and everything. It's just like super, super dope. I love that book so much.
1: Oh, so we were talking about books that really impacted you. You were talking about Malcolm X. So when I was in middle school, It's not an autobiography book, but it's a book where it's like, you know, you read it and you're like, oh, my God, life is never the same again. Um, So I had a teacher, a math teacher, when I was in sixth grade, who was Jewish. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really talk much about the Holocaust when I was in elementary school. But we did when I was in, did I go to that? I don't remember when we went to D.C. No, actually, we went to D.C. when I was in elementary school. That was fifth grade. Um, we went to the Holocaust Museum. But sixth grade, I had a teacher. <laughs> and I think her name was Mrs. Keller. Um, she was awesome. I loved her. Um, but she read us a book in math class. I think I had her for Homeroom, which is my, where this started from, um, called Daniel's Story, which is like a fictitious account about this guy named Daniel who basically lived through the Holocaust. And I think I might have talked about this on Twitter once because somebody asked, like, you know, what is one, like historical thing or thing where like you read a book and you became obsessed Mm -hmm. with it um and like I became not morbidly obsessed but just fascinated in a how could this happen way about the holocaust and like what is this thing how could people have let this thing happen like why did nobody stop this like are you people nuts yeah (laughs) type situation (laughs) And so, like, I started reading other books. So I read, you know, the Evie Guzzel book, and I read, you know, the autobiography of like the autobiography of Anne Frank, and like so many other books. And you know, watched Schindler's List and all these other movies about movies and documentaries about the Holocaust. And was just like, what? What is? How did this thing happen? And like, how did this thing happen in the lifetime of like people I know? like it was just one of those things where you're like
0: it's just so it's just so like i mean it's not you wouldn't necessarily say it's like beyond the scope of what you can imagine but it's just like i mean the whole thing is just like so sickening you know it's like how do you let like you you know this this group of people and particularly one person like lead you into such foolishness but now we can totally see it like i mean you know it's so much of that happening right now what we're doing i mean there are people that just like blindly support or throw their support behind any like gross man um, just because they can. And it's so ridiculous to me when it's like, the truth is like so there in your face and you just don't want to see it.
1: Yeah. It definitely like when, sh- when we were reading the book, you know, you know, it talks about, you know, crystal knock where they, you know, wrapped up a bunch of people and like the concentration camps and how horrible the conditions were on purpose in the concentration camps and all this stuff. And you just kind of like, you know, you go through life and you live in this kind of little bubble of, being a preteen and just everything is all sunshine and roses and you don't have to pay for anything and then all of a sudden you hear about this like horrific thing that happened and you're just like wait a minute what (laughs) Like, people are capable of such like such an atrocity like how like i had so many questions like how does how do people let this happen how do people not say anything how do people not stop it before it gets worse like how it really felt like being unplugged for the majors because you're just. They also made us that year. They also made us watch Roots. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh lord!
1: So here you are, like it's too much. Room, so, like you have to watch like <laughs> an hour of it, like once a week or something like that. So, so you have us learning about slavery and learning about the Holocaust, like yeah, that that's, same time. that's just, too like, much on the same year. You're just oh like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, what is whenever we cover stuff like that in
1: class, I hated it
0: because, especially in high school, because Same. I was like in like some AP classes and stuff. And like, I would be like maybe one of three black people in there. And so you could just feel like every white person like turn around and stare at
1: you. And it's like, what are you I used to get called um I used to get called Kunta Kente in middle school. I hated it because people thought my hair was napping. Oh, wow. And uh. like, it used to hurt my feelings so much in middle school. Because they got it from watching that movie, and I'm just like a fucking like I didn't want to excuse my language. I didn't want to watch it anymore because like this is hurtful. Because one, it's you're talking about slavery and all of that, but like right. But then you're also using something that that you should
0: be learning a lesson from about how like not to be a you know a terrible awful person, and you're using it to be a terrible awful person. person Somebody
1: else. Somebody else. I hated most of the people that I went to middle school with. So dumb. So ridiculous. This is why I don't. Things like that is why I don't go to reunions because I don't, I didn't really like the vast majority of the people that I went to school with and the people that I did like when I went to school. Right. Like I still talk to, so there's no sense in us having a reunion because we see each other or talk to each other three, four times a year. Right, but that's the awesome
0: thing about, you know, in a way is you know, turning it back into like a positive direction. That's kind of the awesome thing about doing this podcast is that, you know, I think all of us can look back at certain points in times during the past in our childhood and stuff like that and see things that, you know, that happened to us that were wrong, that were upset, that hurt us and stuff like that. But it's nice for us to be able to look back and kind of look at those highlight moments too, you know, and it's not to try to like negate or, um, try to brush over the things that that happened to us that were bad or whatever, but it, it brings some balance to uh, you know to looking back at the past or whatever too, and so that's why I love that we do this podcast so much because we get to bring out that joyful you know that joyful aspect of of what we went through then, you know. And what exactly. life was like then,
1: like, and books are amazing because you know in the midst of all the trash, like you have a book that you can kind of go and escape to, like in middle school that same year. That we were reading Daniel's story and watching Roots. I used to, <laughs> I used to carry around like everybody knows I'm obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. Like that's that's a thing that we all know it right. is. But like I used to carry around, I had these three like unauthorized Backstreet Boys biographies somewhere in this house. Um, you were reading time. Backstreet Boy and books. I, <laughs> yes, and like I had read them multiple oh, times, my and I would just carry with. Like, I would carry them with me, like, with my, like, math and science books. Like, they went everywhere with me. Like, my teachers thought I was nuts. They were like, okay, Christine, are you for real? Yes, I'm taking them with me. <laughs> like, what is your problem? I would leave them in my desk, and if I left one of them in my de- like, if I left my math book at school, I didn't care, but if I left one of my Backstreet Boys books in a desk, like I would be on the first day. That is
0: here. hilarious to me. Like I I knew you were into it like that, but the fact that you were like reading like full on like biographies or like unauthorized, you know, books or whatever about them, it was just so funny to me.
1: Oh, I have an entire Backstreet Boys <laughs> trunk full of things. Like there's a, there's a, a purple, uh plastic. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The plastic tubs full of Backstreet Boy stuff from like 1994 on it's got all of my stuff in it and like I continue to add to it so like it's got all of my all of my posts and stuff that used to be on my wall when I was in elementary school and middle school it's got all of those unauthorized biographies there's like Backstreet Boys puzzles in there um I had like eight of them uh magazine clippings magazines with them on the cover like when they were on remember when entertainment weekly used to be like a small little rectangular magazine yeah. that you could get a grocery store so they were on the cover of that one year and well one week and they had six different covers oh wow did you get all and of them I had all of them <laughs> yes yes i did um so they were on the cover of entertainment weekly all their rolling stone covers like all of the all of the magazines and then like fast forwarding 15 years like when I went on the Backstreet Boys cruise they had these two big banners that they would like attach to the boat um because they decorated the boat with like Backstreet Boys stuff all over the place and I definitely stole two of them like the last night of the Mm -hmm. cruise so I had these big like 20-25 foot Backstreet Boys I probably shouldn't be saying this because the people from Rose Tours are gonna kill me but I took them on the last day and not the first day like some jerk (laughs) this year did but yeah I took them on the last day at like six o'clock in the morning and put them in my suitcase. And so they're in the trunk too. Yeah, I got all sorts of fun dadggy boys. Yeah, that is so crazy. And I remember even the people that I really like like that, like I don't,
0: I can't say that I, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I did kind of get into some magazine covers and stuff like that because I was a big Maya fan. And so I collected like a Mm -hmm. a few magazines that she was on the cover of and everything like that. Or anytime I like, Saw her in a magazine or something like that. Sometimes I would cut it out and I had like this really cool collage or whatever and stuff. And I had a few B2K magazines and you know,
1: oh, I had them on my wall. Oh, yeah, they were definitely on my walls. Like, I would wear those posters and
0: things was on my wall, whatever. It was ridiculous. Like, I go home now to my old bedroom, and even though it's like a spare you know a spare bedroom now basically for a guest you know there's really no sign that I was there before or whatever but you can see like where I had like paint and nails and stuff like paint coming off the wall from where I had things taped up there and like nails in the wall from where I had things nailed up there with all of my all of my high school and and middle school ridiculous up there or whatever so and yeah I mean that was just the magazines and sometimes I go through and read the stories because they were all right I like to read the interviews because I've always been I've always kind of been like a writer at heart so yeah, I would go through and read the interview sometime, but I was mainly in there just kind of, I just wanted the posters, get them out, get them on my wall. But, um, you know, was it all the yeah, time? it was crazy because I kind of along the same vein of like me reading like Michael Mix and, you know, and about Nat Turner and people like that. Um, I've always really been into poetry um, and I've actually published mm-hmm. a book of poetry and, and done all of that stuff or whatever, but I think my love for it really started like growing and it really became a a thing that mattered to me even more in high school because of what I call like my, like my divine three poets or whatever. So it's Nikki Giovanni, Maya Angelou, Sonia Sanchez, and like Nikki Giovanni's black feeling black talk. Um, and, you know, again, it came out like way before our time or whatever, but I remember finding that um a library I believe um I didn't own a copy or whatever but like just reading a bunch of the poetry and stuff in there and it just really inspired me to write it just affirmed me as a black woman or whatever because she was so proud of who she was and so steadfast in who she was you know and just unapologetically black or whatever and that was just so dope to me Mm -hmm. and it was something that I really needed especially being a young black girl in a predominantly white school setting you know and so I kind of feel like, you know, how I said earlier, a lot of the books that I read when I was a kid were kind of like, you know, had a lot of white protagonists and stuff like that. I feel like that poetry kind of brought some balance, you know, into me. So like Maya's I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings book and um, Sonia Sanchez is like We Are Bad People, like so many just great and wonderful gems in that book and then i remember like in when i found out in love jones that like the poems that uh nina did in the in there were written by sonia i was just like oh my god i think that's like one of the reasons why i love that movie so much just because she had a tie in there and it just the the poems sound like her you know yeah such a good movie
1: man. <laughs> i love that movie it is i feel like it
0: gets a lot of un- I, I feel like people be trying to like slick hate on it just to like go along with the crowd it's like you know oh i'm how people try to like put on airs like they're so much better than than this or something like that oh they're so messy i'm so much better than this but i mean i'm like yeah they're messy because relationships are messy
1: everybody's been messy. everybody's been messy everybody's at some real. point like everybody i don't understand what yeah,
0: but the three of them. Um, and I actually got a chance to my sister years ago for my birthday. She had met Nikki Nikki Giovanni at an event, and I have this uh book of collect. It's like a collection of Nikki Giovanni poetry, and um, my sister actually got that autograph for me for my uh for my birthday, and then I got to meet Nikki last year. Yeah, like it was like January of last year or whatever. She came to a community college event that we had here, um, and she was there speaking to people and stuff like that. And like I got there and she interviewed, like a, she um she autographed a picture of her and she uh, signed another one of my books. And we got a chance to talk back and forth, and then when she did her whole you know speech about her experiences as a uh, as a professor, because you know she teaches at Virginia Tech, um, mm-hmm. and you know, just kind of everything that she's been through and kind of her journey as a poet and a writer and things that she's learned throughout life and stuff. Like I waited outside of the venue so that way I could sit in the front row and everything like that. Like I'm just such a, I, I wanted to just take her class at, at Virginia Tech. Like I've never had any interest in going there full time. I just want to be in her class. Like it was just something so special and so affirming and so uplifting about being in her presence. Like I just wish I could just like bottle up a piece of her and like take it with me everywhere I go. And I feel like That's those books exactly kind of right, do that for right, me right, in a way. Right. Same thing with Maya Angelou. Like, I mean, when you're like Oprah's mentor and like her big, one of her biggest inspiration in life, like, you know, you did something right, you know, cause it's freaking Oprah yeah. and like Oprah just totally like worshiped the ground that Maya walked on or whatever. And it's so easy to see why, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I'm fairly certain her class is super hard to get into.
0: It's yeah. gotta be. I just... Like I said, just from being in her presence like that one time or whatever, like, I mean, I, it was days. Like I was just like super productive and, you know, I felt like just really uplifted and motivated and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it had an effect on me that just lasted for days and days. Like she's got that kind of energy or whatever. And it's very few people that you really meet and get to be around in life that like give you and just give you that kind of just like genuine uplifting energy. I loved it so much. And I mean, like I said, I think it's just because I've, loved her and loved her poetry and stuff for most of my life. But yeah, I mean those three right there, they definitely those are three of my favorite like collection of poetry books or whatever. And just um them and Shell Silverstein. Who
1: oh God. He is the goat.
0: Yes, I love the Shel Silverstein. The goat. The, the side walk
1: ins. Who I I don't know a person alive that's like our generation that doesn't love Shel Silverstein. Like who? Right. I don't. We actually used to, we did like an entire unit of like English class when I was in elementary school, like studying Shel Silverstein and like how great his stuff was, like an entire unit focused on him. Everybody read the books. Everybody loved them. We actually um, even did like our own poetry book, like printed and everything, our own poetry book when we were in elementary school. I wrote Mm -hmm. a book, uh, I wrote a poem about dolphins and how dolphins are mammals. Um, that's what i do uh-huh. <laughs> and i'm like so much fun poetry glass um and who doesn't love like those books I, my mom still has a copy of them back in her room like that's right. how i, I mean they are
0: you know again it's just a part of our childhood i mean you talk about you know where the sidewalk ends and the giving tree and i mean it was just something that you just did everybody read those books yeah there was there was no avoiding them or whatever and like you said i mean there's nobody that you know That didn't like him. I was sad when he died. Me too. I really was. That was like a, that was, that was a, that was a blow right there. I was like, oh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there are just so many out there and it's impossible to cover all of them and everything. But I think the ones that we talked about today, like those are some of the ones that when we kind of put together this idea, that's what really stood out to me more than anything else.
1: I've got nothing else either. Uh, I was going to mention the Percy Jackson series a little bit more in depth, but also they're kind of late because I want to say the last one came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with those books. Still am. And even like the Splinter series um, where like he did Roman and Greek and Egyptian mythology and now he's working on a or just finished a North mythology book series. I'm Uh reading those now because i just That's bought cool. one um and now he's starting to do um like bring forth other writers because um, he's got like a rick reordance presents insert series title here i can't i don't know what it is off the top of my head but i'm gonna read those two cool we need to You know what i'm
0: reading right now that i like it's a uh, daniel Oder's shadow shaper
1: okay tell me about i've read
0: it. it before i've read it before but um it's really good it's basically about this young girl and um you know, it's really like, uh, seeped in like, uh, you know, like Spanish culture and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But, um, she's this young girl and she's really good at doing murals and everything like that. But she actually finds out that there is life in those murals and learns a bit more about like what this, and I don't want to give too much of it away or whatever. I just think people should read it. Mm -hmm. Um, but she learns more about what the exactly what the shadow shapers are and everything like that. And I think he does such a good job of capturing the heart of his culture and kind of how he grew up and everything like that. And she's such a, brilliant and believable and resourceful protagonist, you know? Right. Like it's a, it's a really dope young adult series or whatever that I find myself really, I really, even now, you know, as an adult, I still, I really like a lot of the, of the YA books or whatever. So.
1: Yeah. I, like I said, I go back and forth, um, with YA books. I'll probably go and find, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to finish or start the Rick Riordan's Norse mythology series. Um, the guy fights or gets into a fight with Fenris, the the mm-hmm. wolf, Hella's wolf or whatever. Um, at some point in the story, and dies, and goes to Valhalla, and some other things happen. I read it once a while ago, um, but I read the ebook version of it, and ebooks don't always resonate with me. Sometimes, like I have to actually have the physical book. So I'm reading that. I'm reading uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's book. He's the guy that wrote The Four Agreements. I'm reading his book, The Voice of Knowledge.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, I like the Four Agreements a wow. lot. Matter of
1: fact, that's in my book bag right now. I love the Four Agreements. That book is life-changing. I found a hard copy version of that book at Ed McKay's, and I didn't even know they made hard copy versions of that book. But mm-hmm. I found it, and yeah. I was like, I have to have it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I got a I got a copy of it that I um carry, and I've got like a backpack that I carry around a lot of places, and I got a copy of it in my backpack.
1: Um, uh, I just finished The Power of Habit, which was really good. It's eye-opening to learn about how habits form and, you know, I'm trying to change my life and do some different things. And so you got to know how it's cool to know the science behind, you know, how habits are formed and Mm -hmm. how like initially habits are difficult to build, but once it kind of becomes automatic, your brain just kind of stops thinking about it and just does the thing. Um, Right. So it's fun to read about science nerdy things. Um, what else is on the list of books that I'm reading right now? I got so many books that I'm reading. I'm reading You're a Badass and Making Money. I've got three more days before I have to return that. Uh, so many things. I'm trying to, like, carve out time to read every day, but it's really hard. Right. But that's the good thing
0: about, you know, reading and, and just how so many different things can mean so many things to you and, and you know, on different levels and everything like that. So... It's keeping that love that we've had since kids, you know? starting out with, the, with those small books and kind of coming up to the things that we're doing now and some of it, you know, teaches you things and some of it's just for entertainment and I mean, it's just like any other thing in pop culture or whatever. I mean, it definitely has an impact on you in so many different ways and you don't really realize it until you sit down and think about it. Mm-hmm. So we want you guys to sit down and think about some of your favorite books. Um, I'm sure we probably named a couple of them here. Uh, you know, your Harry Potters and your Percy Jacksons and all the stuff like that. There's always someone out there that likes those but share with us some of the books that really impacted you as a child and as a teen. Um, you can share those things with us on Instagram and Twitter at Nostalgia MixPod. Pod. Um, make sure you use the Nostalgia Mix Pod hashtag. We both do check the hashtag to see if we've got any tweets out there. We try to get back to you and keep the conversation going. Um, but that is it for us today, guys. We will be back with you next time. We wish you guys well. Um, it is the beginning of a new month. Like I said, beginning of a new quarter. So make the best of it. Make it count. And if you're interested in any of the books that we mentioned today, just go out and try to find them because I mean, any money that you spend on a book is always money well spent.
1: Right. And if you have any questions about any of the books that we mentioned, feel free to reach out to us. We'll give you, we'll find titles and things. um, Yeah. And we can go into more,
0: you know, more in depth about things too. I mean, of course with this podcast, you can only run it, but for so long, but I mean, if you want to speak about any of this stuff in more detail or you just want to chat back and forth about it, I mean, both of us are more than glad to chat about it and just kind of, let you know a little bit more about our knowledge about the books that we love Mm -hmm. but that is it for us today guys we hope you are
1: well like i said we will follow up with you next time we'll be back in a couple of weeks Bye. yes yes have a great uh week enjoy october (laughs) bye deuces